people once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, something so bad happens that a terrible sadness is carried with it and the soul can't rest. Then sometimes, just sometimes, the crow can bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. Welcome back into the Radcast. Season 2 is here. I am excited about this. How about you? <sighs> That's a good, good rain. That's a good response there. What can I say? We're kicking it off in a big way. I'm Steven. And I'm Matt Ta. Yeah, Matt Ta. <sighs> new season. A new guest is joining us today. And the first week venturing into our new format. And uh, for those of you out there that didn't know, season two, we are dividing each week of our releases of each month into series. So mm-hmm. into their own separate series. That's all I'm going to say about it because we released a preview a couple weeks yes. ago. Uh, so go back, kind of check out the preview or just kind of see how everything lays out as we go about it. You can just pick up on it. Yeah. You know, but thank you for listening. Uh, today is our first Radcast Rentals of the season. And we're talking about an absolute gem. Of the 90s. A bona fide cult classic. Exactly. I think the very definition yeah. of a cult classic. A very, a very 90s movie. Mm-hmm. We're talking about The Crow today. We are very excited about this episode. It can't rain all the time. It can't rain all the time. Rain won't fall forever. We'll get into it. That's how the musical version was supposed to sound when they wanted Michael Jackson to play Eric Draven. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, it'll probably just be a blurb on how they might have wanted Michael Jackson to play Eric Draven and be yeah. a musical. So we have our younger brother, Tyler, on with us, who we've mentioned multiple times before. Um, he's making some hand motion that looks like a jerk-off hand motion. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if that's what he's doing. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, nope, not anymore. I'm going to go take a nap. Um, so before we split off in a break, we would like to give some shout-outs. So that's something Please. we're going to try and do on these, yep. these at least these first couple series yeah. over as the month goes on. Um, so some shout-outs. Uh, there'll be something new we're going to try before the breaks and show some love to the listeners, show some love to the people who help make this show possible. First and foremost, we want to give a shout-out to Jeff Wright Designs. Absolutely. If you follow us on Instagram, A, you see all of our logos, every single artwork that has the Radcast emblazoned on it, that's Jeff. Yep. So last year's logo with just the sunglasses and the Radcast and then our Five Weeks of Fright Pumpkin logo, our Radcast Rentals logo from last year, and of course, the logo you've probably happened upon on whatever podcast website yep. you're listening to. Um, go check those out. Nothing but positive feedback. Exactly. Not, yeah. Jeff is extremely talented. Uh, he's our near and dear friend. Uh, great artist. Go check out his work. He's at Jeff Wright Designs on Instagram. And yes. Yes. for all you Radcast listeners, Jeff, we are in talks with Jeff to start another creative venture. Yeah. Um, 
So just be on the lookout for that yeah. because it could be another podcast hitting mm-hmm. your ears on a very specific topic mm-hmm. that we that brought the three of us together oh so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So we're excited about that. Jeff, go Grilled fun. cheese. It's grilled. I couldn't hold it in. You can't. I'm sorry. I blew my load. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's mozzarella all over the place. Mozzarella. Uh, sounds like he owns a deli. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but Jeff Wright Designs, go find him on Instagram. Um, I mean, you can you go to the, our Radcast Instagram and we follow him. Yep. Uh, there's a link to his website in the description on his page. Go find him on Twitter. That's Jeff. Um, if you want other podcasts to listen to, The Matthews Method with our mm-hmm. good pal Zach Matthews and his wife Bree, who were on last season, and then Zach was on later last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Proper Gentleman Podcast, which we do with Jeff and Zach and our other great buddy Jake, who's going to be on in the next couple weeks yeah. when you're listening First to this. Radcast Ramble I'm, of the season. We are excited about that one. And then a new podcast that has cropped up with our good buddy. If you heard our season one finale with Fred Ford and Chris Haney, uh, Chris plugged his podcast that at the time was about was to come out. out. Yep. It was not out yet, but his first episode dropped a couple weeks ago. It's called You Haven't Played What? For those video game aficionados um, out there. Awesome concept. Mm-hmm. Amazing execution. He did a great job. Uh, it's His episodes are about 15 minutes long, but he's just clear cut to the point, really mm-hmm. engaging, really well, uh, really well done. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you want to shout out on the Radcast, go hit us up on social media. Go give us five star reviews wherever you get your podcast fix. Uh, go give us a review or just say hey. Say hey, what's up? Yeah. That's all. That's all you need to do, and we'll we'll give you a shout out, Matt. Real quick before we hit break, where can they find us on season two? On Instagram, we are the Radcast. Um, so you uh, cast is spelled with a K, R A D K A S T. And so we're the Radcast on there. You'll see our logo in uh, in our description on Instagram and on Twitter where you can find us at T Radcast, mm-hmm. T for the, again, cast with a K. We've got a link to our website where you can find all of our uh, episodes, the website that I will be updating um, just because with this new format and this new logo and the desire to have like a shop and whatnot, it'll need some updates. Yeah. So, but... That's a central hub where you can listen to all of our episodes. If you also want to listen to our episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, pretty much any podcast app. Make sure to go download us, give us a follow, however, whatever means it is to accrue those podcasts, um, make sure to go do that. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we're not going to keep you in suspense anymore. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get season two underway with Tyler Webster, Radcast Reynolds, talking about The Crow. So stay tuned here on The Radcast. I thought the police always said freeze. Well, I am the police. I say don't move, Snow White. You move, you're dead. We now return. And I say I'm dead. To the Radcast. And I move. I like that shirt, by the way. Oh, yeah. Target. Mm -hmm. It's a Goodfellow brand. Target's the best. Oh, yeah. I love the Goodfellow brand they have. Uh, Goodfellow brand, it fits very well on my body. Plus, I like just the baseball style. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this and immediately I was like, hmm. Are you a baseball player? Uh, Not anymore. No. do you, do you ride the pine, or do you get to slap some leather? Uh, well, last time I played it, it was actually kind of riding the pine. He's but flummoxed, everyone. He's flummoxed. <laughs> He's flummoxed. 
One thing we can guarantee you that none of us will be flummoxed on, good word, flumoxed. Flumoxed, million dollar word from a 10 cent brain. Mm, Tink, 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 tink. One thing that we won't be flummoxed on is the subject for today Mm -hmm. and our guest for today. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us, another one of our siblings, Tyler Webster. Hey, what's up? Tyler (laughs) Webster. What's up, what's up, what's up? Youngest of the brood. Don't do that. What's up? What's up? What's up? Indeed, very good. That's all Tyler. you have for us. Well, we will we will put it on a shirt. Yeah. Say what's up? What's up? What's up? Tyler Webstar. <laughs> I get one for free, right? No. Listen, <laughs> we need to start making money on this you're, here. You're towing the line, big boy. Like yeah. you're coming dangerously close to getting kicked off, and it's gonna be a hard cut, and it's not gonna sound good. It's not gonna be pretty. We're gonna record us beating you up, <laughs> <laughs> much like Eric Draven. Beats up the bad guys. Exactly. Like exactly. we're gonna like on today's episode, like we said in the intro there, there's a movie that has captured our imagination at different points in our lives. Um, Tyler is six years younger than us, six and a half years younger than us. So um, you caught the movie at a different time than we did, but not too far because you were always hanging around us or it was on television or something. Because there was a point where they showed it on VH1, like, like it was one of those yeah. movies that showed like on MTV, yeah, that sounds about like, right. and uh, and syndication like a few mm-hmm. years ago, and you probably watched it a few times on there. But it's a movie that kind of captured the three of our imaginations. Um, there is a there is a weird allure to it that I can't mm-hmm. really explain. Yeah, yeah, and we'll definitely get into it as we embark on the first one of the season. We are talking the crow here on the Radcast Rentals. <laughs> Make it a blockbuster night. And now, our feature presentation. Let's just jump right into it. We have it playing right now. Yeah. Um, I don't... So this is a movie that I can only watch every now and then the thing is i love this movie it's one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time i can only watch it every now and then and for reasons we'll get into but it just it just bums me out yeah um for again for various reasons we'll talk about i feel like generally just the subject matter of the movie is kind of depressing but it's got like just a satisfying resolution but just the circumstances surrounding the shooting of the movie mm-hmm. is mainly what bums me out when I watch right. it. You say yeah. you can only watch it every so often. I'm the same way. And going even deeper than that, I think I can only watch like three quarters of the movie. And I'm like so um, like swept up in the story yeah. and all yeah. of it. And you want to see Eric Draven get this redemption and finally be reunited uh, with this fiance. Mm-hmm. Um but towards the end, you like reality sets in, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, this like, this isn't the end of like the movie." And mm-hmm. Brandon Lee went on to do like a bunch of other great stuff, and you could put this just in his filmography as one of his best roles. Like, this is the last we see of him. Yeah, yeah, like ever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that's just what is so kind of depressing to yeah. me about it beyond the actual subject matter of the story. Yeah. So some ba- some behind the scenes and for those of you that are listening, there's a chance you've probably seen the movie already. Yeah. I mean, we don't have that big of an audience to where everybody just listens no matter what we're talking right. about. So you've probably seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, we'll uh we'll kind of, we'll get into a little bit of the story. Matt, you're going to give a quick yeah, synopsis real and, quick. Yeah. And we'll we'll just say who 
some of the main characters are because we're going to be dropping names and you're going to have to keep up or it's sometimes hard to keep up because there's people that don't have conventional names in this movie. So it was released on May 13th, 1994. Um, So very close to when you were born on May 11th, 1998, uh, two days after Andrew's ninth birthday, Andrew, who was on our Incubus episode, our older brother. Mm -hmm. Um, So May 13th, 1994, it grossed $51 million domestically, which is pretty good yeah. it made like 30 yeah. million dollars yeah. in profit um directed by alex proas um and uh like matt's it's starring the son of bruce lee brandon lee star was on the rise man mm-hmm. that's yeah. one of the big tragedies yep and uh even i mean even cynical critic roger ebert mm-hmm. gave it like high up. praise yeah, yeah. yeah. Gave it high yeah. praise um and like we had said earlier i mean it's a cult it's a cult classic it's a whether or not you're a critic who liked it or lover it or thinks it holds up it has a strong cult following for very very good reason tyler i'm going to start with you um actually you know sorry matt why don't you give a synopsis <laughs> yeah, on yeah. who who's what and what this movie is yeah real base level it's about um this uh artistic rock star eric draven who he and his fiance Brandon Lee, Brandon Lee's Eric Draven, yeah, him and his fiance Shelley Webster were both um, brutally murdered um, on the night before Halloween, and they were murdered by a gang run by uh, Kingpin Top Dollar mm-hmm. in this movie. Right, uh, Top Dollar is like the king of the city, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, his his crew consists of Tintin, uh, T Bird, Fun Boy, and Skank. And so you'll hear those names throughout this conversation. And basically, they were brutally killed by them. Um, and the crow, there is around this mythology, this gothic mythology of the crow, and how like every it the crow kind of carries souls from the living to the dead. But mm-hmm. every so often, there's one soul that's so completely not at rest that it needs to bring that soul back to seek redemption, mm-hmm. or in this case retribution and revenge um, until it can finally be laid to rest. And so it brings back Eric Draven and he basically goes on this rampage of uh, killing all these people who struck down him and his uh, fiance Mm -hmm. in just the most brutal way possible. And he he interacts with, um, is it a police officer? Is it a Sergeant Sergeant Albrecht Albrecht, played by by Ernie Ernie Hudson? Hudson. And then Uh, uh, this child who was sort of, taken in by Shelly and Eric as sort of surrogate parents slash like brother, sister Mm -hmm. named Sarah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's those two characters that had a deep connection to Eric. Yeah. And, and uh, he interacts with them through this, this journey. Yeah. And what's great is the movie kind of just, you just jump right into the movie. Yeah. 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 I, I, we were watching it last night and I, and I kind of, told Steven, like, there's no wasted motion. Mm-hmm. Like, there's right. not a ton. Like, in the graphic... It's based on a graphic novel by mm-hmm. James O'Barr. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and we'll we'll talk about the differences. There's not a ton of differences between the movie and the graphic novel. No. There's a no. few kind of Hollywoodized things. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. To, to make sense of, yeah. of the story and to kind of, like... I, I I prefer the movie. I like the graphic novel. Yeah, but I prefer right. the movie. Yeah, uh, right. The, yeah. Any pretty much any exposition given is exactly what you need. Like like right. I said, no waste yeah. of motion. There's no more, no less. It it just it kind of keeps the story moving along. Right. There you have some questions, but at the same time you're just kind of willing to take whatever the movie is giving you, yeah. and you're like, okay, this is what it is. Yeah. And plus, yeah. it's a testament to Brandon Lee's charisma. Mm-hmm. Like oh, he's yeah. so likable and charismatic and does such a good job 
that there's some corny, cheesy dialogue in here. Maybe there's not enough spacing. There's not enough dialogue to maybe let it breathe between characters. It's kind of boom, boom, boom sometimes. And the lines aren't always, you know, the most poignant and poetic. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it, Brandon Lee is so good and the performance is so mm-hmm. good. You're like, you know what? I'm all, I'm all aboard this. Yep. Yeah. So Tyler, when, when, when was the first time you actually sat down and watched it? Cause you, you weren't 17 when you watched the DVD <laughs> no, for the first time. No. Um, but it's okay. Cause there's just a, there's a little bit of nudity, but it's just a lot of the violence yeah. and the swearing. And yeah. I, I have a feeling we were probably the ones who showed it to you, but why don't you give us a little bit of your background with the movie? Oh man. Like I, I can't even remember, like, off the top of my head, when the first time I actually sat down and watched a movie start to finish mm-hmm. on either DVD or Netflix. It had to be the DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't remember when exactly, but like you said earlier, I was exposed to it around the same time you guys were, you know, and there's that, mm-hmm. you know, draw to it for me because it's like, oh, you know, it's this R-rated movie that they like and that they're watching. And it's like, oh, I want to see it too. And it's like, no, you can't watch it. It's like, oh, yeah. But and I don't know if you remember this YouTube channel, but it was, um, I believe it's called Silver Lightsaber. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah Silver yeah, Lightsaber. Yeah. Yep. yeah, that was one of the reasons why too, is because he would do these mashups and music videos. So he'd have like uh, Heath Ledger's Joker mm-hmm. versus the Crow. Um, he'd have a Crow music video with the Metallica song Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. So that was one of those reasons why, as well. But Definitely had that been like freshman, uh, sophomore year of high school was when I first sat down and watched it. It's yeah. one of those movies that, that I hyped up so much because we, I think it was the allure of the story and also the tragedy of yeah. Brandon Lee's accident. Yeah. Like that really were like, for some reason we were drawn and we're like, we did all this research about it before we even watched it. Mm-hmm. And like, it was one of those movies that I built up in my head and Andrew was like, Oh, you guys like are getting into this movie here. I have it. So here it is. And like, we finally watched it. And it was one of those that I hyped up so much and it met all the expectations. Yeah. Sometimes that's not the case for stuff. Right. But this movie still meets all the expectations that I had for it. Yeah. Definitely. And I think it's funny. You said you were a freshman the first time you in high school. The first time you watched it, that was our freshman year of high school so about 2006 so we're talking like about a six-year difference like yeah, you, yeah. So, so so between our age gap so i i remember distinctly because the accident and we keep mentioning the accident we, we will get to it but the accident that happened on set i remember we grew up watching like top 10 shows like on the e channel yeah, and stuff yeah, like that and there was like yeah. these like onset tragedy shows and things that are read like on imdb like when we were like 10 11 12 years old to where it was it was kind of this burgeoning love for the 90s that was really blossoming for us yeah. um, around that time because we weren't too far removed from the 90s no, and, and we, we yeah. were yeah. we were kids in the 90s yeah, I mean, so it's not like we it's not like the 70s where you're not alive and you read about right. it and you're like I love the 70s I think I think it's one right. of those things where like we were like okay I remember I remember these things vicariously through andrew yeah um andrew mainly because he would have been the one kind of into this yeah um but it's one of things where you you see a a huge shout out to retrojunk.com because that's where i kind of read started reading things about it and through that kind of 
uh, branched off into IMDb and, mm, Wiki- and yeah, Wikipedia yeah. and like really reading. Th- and when YouTube, when YouTube was first starting was 06, 07. Yeah. I remember somebody posted the trailer or no, I watched the trailer on IMDb yeah. through whatever video means that they posted yeah, on there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I remember yeah. I watched that and then big empty by stone temple pilots was on the, tra- yeah. was on the trailer. I remember just having this, Again, using the word blossom, just this huge wave of something mm-hmm. come over me toward the 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 music and the imagery and the style, the, the, the style yeah. and the story. Yeah. Everything was clashing together, and I was like, I have to, I have to see this movie. Yeah. Like right. I remember distinctly we would me and you the way that we do our computer time is like you'd be on the computer i'd be sitting down there like looking at what you were looking at and then we'd switch yeah um yeah. And one of us yeah. might go off and do something else but both of us would do all this research on the crow and we're 15 years old at this time like not wanting to kind of tempt fate and like yeah and you know actually like try and watch the movie somehow so the best way that we did it was just learning about the movie mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i could probably I could have probably acted out the movie poorly, but acted it out before I even saw it because yeah. there's so much reading. I remember distinctly like the day that we started researching it, it just had such, it was sticking with me yeah. in a way that nothing else yeah. was. So like, I remember we were raking leaves and me and you were just talking about mm-hmm. the crow and like talking about how we wanted to see it. Yeah. That might've been the day where Andrew was like, I have it. And we were like, yeah. uh, we don't want to watch it just yet till we're 17. <laughs> There's something <laughs> about the, like a what if, mm-hmm. like, cause also when you're doing your research, you realize how like, how big Brandon Lee was becoming. Yeah. yeah. And just that tr- like tr- a tragedy and like the what if, and there's like this depressing allure mm-hmm. to it that yeah. I don't know. It's probably the same way. Like it might be the same feeling of like moroseness that people are drawn to with like, you know, eighties new wave. Right. Or, or like, like gothic or, rock. I mean, yeah. obviously yeah. like the goth rock yeah. of the eighties yeah. and into the nineties, but you had mentioned style. And mm-hmm. one thing this movie is not short on style. Is style. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. It's monochrome with some red and with some like reds and grays. And right. they're like, I know, um, director Alex Pross wanted to make it black and white because the graphic novel is black and white yeah. graphic novels released in 89 right so um, but the graphic novel has a gothic black and white look to it yeah and he wasn't able to do that like but it comes as close as you could because everything is kind of dimly lit right everything it like it's a bad part of town so right. everything yeah everything's yeah. on fire on Plus, fire it's raining it's almost the entire time yeah exactly yeah. he's it's black you know the crow is adorned in black and white mm-hmm. like it's just it's very stylish it's it's layered with style it's, it's like it's simultaneously grungy and slick yeah. at the same time yeah and honestly like even though there's a lack of color it's really it's just so good looking it's so yeah. mm-hmm. appealing and beautiful despite the lack of color because mm-hmm. again this Pretty much this entire movie takes place during the night. Like you have like a one ten minute section that's taking place during the day. Yeah. And it feels out of place. You're like, yeah. oh, I don't like this. Go back to the go back to the the depression. Like go, <laughs> go back to the, yeah. the, the, the monochrome. Like the scene where uh Sarah's mom after um she's after the encounter with Fun Boy, yeah. Yeah, after um 
Eric visits her and Fun Boy, like when she gets cleaned up and she's there cooking and all that for Sarah. Like it's weird for Sarah because it's like, what are you doing here? Like you haven't been a good mom in a good while. But it's also weird for us because the sun shining, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of color in the scene. But it just, you know, like it works for this movie because the novel's black and white Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be dark dingy yeah. depressing but it works yeah. so well and there's just enough so when like the crow is running from rooftops you can see his silhouette yeah while the crow is flying yep. with him mm-hmm. and there's just Le- scenes leading him leading to, him there's to the gang members exactly yeah. and yeah. then there, there's just enough light in some scenes where it's like strobe effect yeah. and it's just and there's like uh i just it's one of those things in which I wish it was kind of visual it, so people could it, see what we're talking about. It, that's but, why oh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad we're kind of going off the strength of hopefully those people who are listening yeah. have you, you've seen the movie. Yeah. And right. Hopefully you like the movie. One of the, one of my favorite descriptions that I saw on it is I think it was from rotten tomatoes. Somebody, there was a review of it that there was, that it said it's filled with style and dark lurid energy. Yeah. So lurid is, you know, it's that it's still, there's this dingy tinge to this color yeah. and it's almost like overwhelming. They're using the color, but it's almost off putting. Yeah. yeah. So they're because what they're one of my favorite scenes that you re, you truly get to see Brandon Lee. Yeah. His, his performance as the crow. Um, and we'll, we're going to get to that here in a second. Um, but it, it, there's a lot of warm colors used mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. because of there's this fire and water element fire because um the quote-unquote holiday that they're celebrating here in this town of detroit that is really set off for lack of a better yeah. term yeah by top dollars crew who you mentioned earlier is devil's night and one of the things they do is they just set these fires all yep. throughout the city. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the flashbacks too are done with these warm colors. Yeah. These really yeah. kind of grungy, dirty looking reds and oranges and stuff like and that. And as he's, rem- there's like lightning effects and yeah. you, know, yeah. you could probably, yeah. that's probably a testament to him like remembering these painful, painful thoughts of yeah. like right. his love between Shelly and like the good times. Mm-hmm. And so that lightning in his thought is sort of lighting up the scene and there are scenes in their apartments where it's just candles lit and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And when he has these flashbacks of the terrible night in which Shelly was beaten and raped mm-hmm. by top dollars crew, like it's done in red. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like the red sort of representing like the horrific, like, horrifying nature of it and like anger and like yeah. blood and it's yeah. just yeah there's uh, so much representation there yeah so it was filled with style and dark lurid energy the crow is an action-packed visual feast that also has a soul in the performance of the late brandon lee mm-hmm. so let's please talk about yes. the performance of brandon lee because ernie hudson's great as albrecht yeah um uh, michael wincott is born to play a villain yeah. i mean oh, if definitely. you've never even heard him talk like his his voice is like on par with like Lance Henriksen. Yeah. And Hen- yeah. Like Lance Henriksen, Michael Wincott, and Michael Ironside are yeah. three actors who are born to play like villains. Right. Like, like it's a charming. And, but yeah, then he's, when he's, it gets all gravelly and yeah. loud. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, and the, the crew, the, the guys who, 
they play their parts except skank is annoying um yeah. skank's kind of this really like squirrely strung out kind yeah, of character really right. paranoid guy everybody else like plays their roles really really well yeah, yeah. um but brandon lee is far and away far and away um, if I could start on kind of my yeah. thoughts on Brandon Lee. Yeah, sure. So one thing that I love is the, the subtle thing, the subtle things that you, you kind of pick up on in multiple viewings. Like what you're going to see first and foremost is how theatrical and sly yeah. Yeah. Eric Draven is. And, and that, that is, that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you think this angel of death coming back, he needs to be dark and brooding. Mm-hmm. And there are moments in which he is just when he's thinking about the love that he's lost. But Eric Draven is a theatrical mm-hmm. character. Yeah. He's a rock star. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even in the graphic novel, he speaks very poetically. Like, yeah. um, you know, it's like all these dialogues. And I believe one of them got carried over into the film. Um it's like I heard someone tapping as yeah. if someone was rapping. I, yeah. I think that was actually in the graphic novel itself. Which is quoting Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. you know, he's quoting all these Gothic poets, yeah, and there's exactly. a lot of Gothic imagery in the novels yeah. we said yeah. before. He, did, he, like, he, he taunts. He taunts yeah. his victims. Mm-hmm. He, he gets a different kick yeah. out of the different yeah. um, gang members he kills. Yeah. Right. Like, one of the things that... Also, what pops out to me is... Brandon Lee's non-verbals yeah. mm-hmm. in this movie. I mean, just when he has that makeup on, um, unless he's talking to Albrecht to where he's mm-hmm. he is more kind of like serious yeah. and, he, and he is more, you see how tender he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when he's by himself thinking about Shelly, you see, you know, that, torn that's up. where you yeah. see the torment. I yeah. think Brandon Lee does an amazing. There's a scene in pawn in Gideon's pawn shop where Gideon is he's another person kind of under top dollar's thumb. Yeah, he yeah. interacts with the gang members a lot. So Eric shows up at the pawn shop to get information on where these gang members are because yeah. one of the gang members pawned Shelley's engagement ring. Yeah. So he's there. It's a twofold reason. He's there to interrogate Gideon and also there to get Shelly's engagement ring back. Yeah. Yeah. And Tyler, this is where you mentioned he quoted Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. And I just love the one-liners. Yeah. I love yeah. just the cool, snappy dialogue. Yeah. The cool, right. you know, he almost no context. Like, it, there's, when when he, he he's interrogating Gideon, but he's also like, he's beating him up. So like, when he first finds out it's all it's all yeah, this yeah. shit that's coming up yeah, now. Yeah. Because yeah. when there's the scene where he finds out that he's invincible and where he's putting his makeup on to oh, burn definitely. by the cure, which yeah. is one of the, the greatest movie and music relationships. Collaborations. Cla- yeah. Collaborations. And then, you know, when he first gets shot by Gideon, he looks up and he has this he has this devilish grin on his face as it's healing yeah. up and Gideon's like, Oh shit. Oh shit! And yeah. he he has this drool coming down from yeah. this That's almost, what I noticed almost like an today. animal. Yeah, um, which he, which I was just like he I was like he gets off on this. Yeah, like yeah. he he's starting to realize he he doesn't get this exposition yeah. from this conduit of any type. Towards like you have this power, blah blah. blah. He just has it. Yeah, and yeah. he knows. He's he like has the, it. we're finding out. We're finding out as an audience member, as he's finding out. Mm-hmm. So eventually at the end, when he starts losing his powers mm-hmm. and top dollar shoots him, and like he starts moving forward to top dollar and he just realizes he's affected by, he's like, 
fuck. It's yeah. Not, it's yeah. not like this. It's not like this huge. Oh no! Or because <laughs> he's like us, he's like ah, oh, shit. Or like it, it hasn't come off the heels of someone being like, you have this great power of the crow and blah blah yeah. blah. Like, no, he's just he's just going with the go go. Yeah, yeah. And when, you, and when you say he, in a way, he gets off on it. In, in a different way that like a villain gets off on killing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone who's watching, even if you're a nonviolent person, there's that carnal nature inside of you that if someone came up to you and even it's just a knee jerk reaction and said, you, someone you love has been slaughtered and you get a chance to take down the people who mm-hmm. did it. Yeah. You know, some <laughs> people may require more thought than others, but anyone can relate to that knee jerk reaction of, hell yeah, I'd do it. Mm-hmm. Like, how can it's I'm, this, and I'm invincible? This primal, yeah. like, so right. for as, retribution. So, because of that relatability of that situation, mm-hmm. you as an audience member wants to see that happen because you know he's been wronged and mm-hmm. he gets a yeah. chance yeah. To, to take out these, hor- these horrible people. Mm-hmm. And so, it's not this. Oh my gosh, he's getting off on it. It's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, right. And it's because you're you're vicariously going through Eric. And what's great is, it it balances this weighty dialogue also with this kind of twisted, sick, sardonic, yeah, sarcastic humor, humor. coming from every coming from everywhere. Yeah, but yeah. mainly just Eric's one line is that gasoline I smell. Yeah, like, yeah. You're like, get him, Eric. Yes, yeah. here we go. And, like I, I just, I just. When he like busts down Gideon's door and he's like, as I heard a gentle rapping, rapping at my chamber door, you heard me rapping, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that's so like, it's just, it kind of just oozes cool yeah, out and, of him. Well, and you're talking about his line delivery, line delivery, James mm-hmm. O'Barr, who wrote the graphic novel initially was not that happy with Brandon Lee being mm-hmm. cast as Eric Draven because he watched showdown in little tokyo and he was afraid that this was going to become like some cheesy straight to video you know kung fu movie but then when he saw him in the makeup and heard him delivering the lines like Mm -hmm. from the graphic novel he was like i love this yeah and he became like close friends with brandon lee yeah and i think if you watch this movie he not only captures like sort of that sardonic sense of humor you can see in his nonverbals, the pain, but also when it comes down time to be badass, mm-hmm. like just this scowl on his face, like, mm-hmm. oh shit, you're about to get it. Yeah. Like yeah. he just, and plus seeing that, seeing that glare through the makeup, mm-hmm. especially when you have strobe or like at one point he just busts down the doors of a church mm-hmm. and it's just the lightning outside in the rain. And it's just this silhouetted figure walking down the aisle. You're like, oh my. Yeah. yeah, but also the serious moments when he was all bracked and like just the times in which he's being quote unquote lighthearted, mm-hmm. even though he's killing a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like it's he's, he's, Brandon Lee's performance is just so just incredible. He turns the switch from the theatrical, yeah. you know, kind of twisted antihero yeah. to like the tender hearted yeah. like guy who just Sarah, wants, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Sarah, and then the scene. With Albrecht and Albrecht's apartment. So again, Ernie oh, Hudson yeah. plays. He plays. Ernie Hudson's character is great because when the movie opens up, you get this narration by Sarah, kind of explaining the crow's yeah. means mm-hmm. of like, and kind of in How a way, the crow where, works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it opens up on this big. There's this big like circular, almost cathedral-like window that led into. Eric and Shelley's apartment and mm-hmm. Albrecht is standing there smoking a cigarette. And this is the night 
that Eric and Shelly were killed. Yeah. And he looks down and Eric has fall. He was pushed out of the top of this apartment. Yeah. And then Shelly, you see shots of Shelly and she's all she's banged up. stretchered away. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, she's calling for Eric and stuff like that. So Albrecht, you already, he's established as he's going to be a part of this story. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's great because the scene, you see kind of the deeper connection between Eric and Albrecht mm-hmm. because... I, I'm just going to say Ernie Hudson because yeah. <laughs> I want to stay connected with Ernie yeah, Hudson yeah. there. Um, but the scene in the apartment um, to where you see just how, how Brandon Lee delivers these serious lines in these, yeah. these, you know, how, when he even says, I don't know what I am. Yeah, like, right. It, it's, it's, that's a testament to as you're along for the ride. He's like, Sue is some sort of ghost or something. He's, he's like, like, I don't know what like, I am. I don't know what I am. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to get yeah. some understanding. Yeah. And so like he sort of, he like has this scene to where even though it kills him, like he kind of, he, he acknowledges that Ernie Hudson, he, he was by Shelly's bedside the whole time. 30 hours. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and you can tell Ernie Hudson is like, stricken with grief about it Mm -hmm. and this whole thing was something that like he couldn't prevent and it's one of the worst cases he he's like it's one of the worst cases he's ever encountered and like eric grabs his head and he gets all the anguish that ernie hudson experienced like on him and he's just taking it all all he's he's just seeing what ernie hudson said he's seen what shelly went through and it's just it's this new that's again back to the nonverbals at gideon's when he's like eric He's, he takes a knife and like just stabs Gideon's hand down and kind of keep yeah. him where he's at. Yeah. And he like jumps over the counter, grabs all these um, engagement rings. He's like, no, no, yeah. no. It's like his eyes are closed. And then when he finally finds Shelly's, just the look of pain and agony yeah. on his face and he's having these flashbacks. We're talking yeah. a lot, Tyler. What <laughs> yeah. like So I know, I feel like, because I made a list of all these bullet points that I wanted to yeah. hit. And I'm just oh, going yeah. down the list and I'm yeah. like, Tyler, like, what are you, your some of your favorite scenes and some of your favorite lines? Because I just named some of mm-hmm. them. This is a movie to me that has to be watched. To yeah, like, to, to really yeah. get the scope of my how hope, well Brandon Lee. Did. My hope is that we say enough to where you want to watch it if you right. haven't seen and, it. And it's, it's, it's maybe some people may find one thing cool that others may not. There's yeah. just it in, in the pawn shot where he's like. Like where he swings upside down and he's like, "You're not listening, Mr. Gideon," and like yeah. stuff like that. Or, or he's like, uh, he says something. I love when Gideon's naming all the gang members and he's bust. He's busting out all yeah. the the display windows and he's like, "You know, a mar- you know, a bunch of pirate names for a married gang of pirates." Yeah, and it's, yeah. And, these, and, yeah. and these scenes play so much better when you watch them in sequence, right? Like right. as because that's such a quick that's quick dialogue and quick exchange that happens within those scenes. Yeah. So Tyler, what are some of your favorite parts? Well, like what, what about Brandon Lee's performance that maybe we have touched on you want to build on or something we haven't touched on that you've noticed? Like what are some things that stick out to you? I mean, just everything is just so well done by him, you know, like when he comes back from the dead and he goes into their apartment for the first time and he's reliving everything. He's just like, falling and he's you know jerking around and he's just in anguish and then when he starts to remember him being shot you know he outstretches his arms yeah. as he you know was being held right there in place while mm-hmm. he's about to be shot by uh t-bird and fun boy 
and it's, it's it's such a beautiful scene and um the scene afterwards with him uh, he's re- he's reliving everything with Shelly in his head and then he like just punches the window burned by the cures playing mm-hmm. and honestly like this is like I know we're going to talk about the soundtrack at right. one point I think it's a mirror he was in front of a mirror and he punches yeah the mirror yeah. the mirror and the mirror the mirror <laughs> and like the soundtrack is just as part of this movie's identity mm, yeah. as all the visuals and everything because not only the but the original score as well by oh, Graham yeah. Ravel. Oh, it's beautiful as well. Um but just like that scene is great and all and Brandon's performance is so good. But that scene is not the same without that song mm-hmm. playing in the background. Just yeah. like when he's jumping from rooftop to rooftop without that nine inch nails song. Oh, yep. Dead it's, souls. Yeah, it's like completely different but still good Mm -hmm. and you were talking about the scene where he's in albrecht's apartment just it's like he starts off lighthearted, but then he's just like getting back down to earth you know like he says are you a ghost which is kind of funny i don't know if they wrote that intentionally Uh, with uh ernie Ernie hudson Hudson being because i ain't afraid of no ghosts Uh, (laughs) i just want to let you know boo yeah yeah and that's just that's so well done he's just like boo and then immediately it's business. Smoke these. Yeah. They're yeah. bad for you. It's just, it just, I, there's, here it is now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mean, yeah. There's oh. so much, I'd say there's certain points in this movie that make me very sad. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because of the accident. Like, if the accident didn't happen, I promise listeners, we're going to get, if you don't know about it, you know, yeah. again, if you know this movie, you know. What happened yeah. during yeah. the filming of it? If you don't, we're gonna get to it here in just a second, as well as we'll talk a little more about the soundtrack the and graphic Graham novel. Yeah, yeah, the graphic yeah. novel. Some differences um, there. But uh, um, there, this is a scene again. It's it's on right now. Yeah. Where I, the opening, I can't watch without starting. Like last night, we watched it, and I was like, oh shit, I'm starting to get sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when Eric is kicking ass and when he's you know when he's rattling off this such you know witty sly dialogue and mm-hmm. these great one-liners and you know top dollars chewing up the scenery yeah. and stuff like that. and when he's the way that he goes about you know taking out first 1010 then fun boy and then t-bird, uh, t-bird and then finally skank yeah um and then the the boardroom scene and just everything like that but there are these points almost these pivot points in the movie. Like right now, I can't, I can't even, I usually, whenever we have a movie playing, I can't even look at you right now. The the thing is, usually whenever we have a movie playing, we position ourselves to see it. I can't because it just makes me really sad. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to do an actual commentary track at some point about this movie. But yeah, you mentioned the scene with fun boy and we were talking, we were kind of sitting on like, this scene and then the scene in the pawn shop. The, my favorite scene is the scene with, with Fun Boy mm-hmm. because not only yeah. is like Fun Boy's a junkie, much like almost every gang member in this movie, mm-hmm. but also Sarah's mom is Fun Boy's girlfriend mm-hmm. and she's a yeah. junkie as well. Yeah. And so you, it's got a, the great mix of imagery and then the dialogue is great. Mm-hmm. And like just his nonverbal, and like the way he, the Eric Draven, uh, Brandon Lee moves. He is does great. like this two step yeah. over. And to so like, his yeah. delivery is great. But also there's this like redemptive moment 
as he's giving Fun Boy what he deserves. Mm -hmm. Right. But also, while Fun Boy's kind of out of commission, like, the mom is like, really she doesn't know what's going on and he she's like like swiping at him because she's defending herself she's like leave me alone he grabs her and he squeezes the morphine like out of her arm Mm -hmm. and he says this line and i don't remember i don't remember it's from like a poem or short story mother's the word yeah mother's the word for god on the lips of children yeah he's like morphine's bad for you he's like go be with your daughter Mm -hmm. you know right and so there's just this moment of he's only out to cause havoc on the bad people mm-hmm. that caused him pain. Yeah. And he knows Sarah and he knows that she needs a mother because yeah. Shelly, who was sort of that analog is gone. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's kind of a beautiful moment that then he kind of turns his attention to fun boy. Who's mm-hmm. he, he's purposely trying to revive like, cause he's unconscious again, like the bathtub. Yeah. And it's just, and we can, we can also talk about Tony Todd yeah, Candyman, yeah. who's in this, who's who's usually in roles that highlight his presence mm-hmm. and his deep voice, but right. he's kind of a background character. Mm-hmm. But he plays one another one of he's sort of like, um, he's sort of like top dollars bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. And and he he does just a, a an aside, but Tony Todd, who's usually highlighted in like B rated horror movies, is sort of unassuming in this movie, but he's still got a presence about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um that scene with fun boy go watch it and it's it's great mm-hmm. yeah and uh was about to say with the um, the scene in albrecht's apartment is that after he experiences all 30 hours of his point of view of shelly's death and anguish after he breaks down on the ground you know just on the brink of crying mm-hmm. uh, he says this line to albrecht that i love so much and it's um you know, the little things used to mean so much to Shelley. I used to think they were kind of trivial. Believe me, nothing is trivial. That's mm-hmm. just... Yeah. It's such a great line already. Mm-hmm. But the way Brandon delivers it and also considering, as we've talked about several times, you know, what happens to Brandon while filming this movie. That's a good segue because I was just about to say, Stephen, yeah. like, go into Brandon yeah. the, the yeah. accident yeah. because it is the driving yeah. force, especially what makes this movie, the tragedy of this movie, go beyond the actual story. Yeah. It so, makes it kind of a bummer for us to watch. So, uh, I mean, the best source is Google to yeah. go find yeah. it if you don't know about it. But essentially, the Radcast explanation of it is so they were going to shoot or they shot this scene to where Michael Massey who plays fun boy um, who I he just passed away a couple years mm-hmm. ago but yeah. he was somebody yeah. he he's the one who I'll get into it yeah. um, but the shot was supposed to be a close-up shot of a bullet coming out of a gun so for that they use a dummy bullet it's virtually ineffective because you don't have the gunpowder yeah behind yeah. it so they get the shot of the dummy bullet coming out of the gun. And what the prop department is supposed to do um, is somebody didn't effectively check the gun that was used. Mm-hmm. So they were going to use the same gun and fill it with blanks. So yeah. they get kind of the that the pop sound from the yeah. gun. Right. And then also you get kind of the gunpowder residue yeah. and everything kind of gun. Yeah. I mean, that's what a, a blank is. Starter yeah. pistols. Yeah. yeah. And, ra- and like races use blanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially what they, they needed, like somebody didn't effectively check the gun mm-hmm. that Michael Massey was going to use 
for the blank for the shot that used the blank. Unfortunately, there was a um, the silver tipping to a yeah. dummy bullet, yeah. which is still a bullet. It just doesn't have the propulsion of yeah. the gunpowder was lodged in the barrel. Yep. So they put the blank in. And when the blank goes off, it dislodges the t- very tip of the bullet mm-hmm. and sends it right into the stomach of Brandon Lee. Yeah. yeah. It, just a freak accident. And what is so irritating is it was preventable. If it somebody was, preventable. yeah. It, the scene itself, too, because they originally weren't going to sh- shoot like a wide shot of him getting shot when he walks into the apartment. Right. No, it, they, that Alex Proas was like, um, because Michael Massey says, you know, I wasn't spo- I wasn't even supposed. To, it, it wasn't in the script for me to fire the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael or Alex Proas made that call day of the shoot. Um, so there's a lot of things to point to. You can quickly put it on the props department. Yeah. I think it was the props department. They would say, and I be- I believe this because this was actually kind of an accident riddled set. Yeah, like yeah. people. Like a lot of people got hurt, like yeah. just like freak accidents, things just people either weren't paying attention and things like, uh, I don't know, it's just a lot of, it was just kind of almost like a cursed mm-hmm. set. Yeah. yeah. But this was like yeah. the biggest thing that happened. And what sucks is they didn't tend to him right out of the gate because they thought he was just selling. Yeah. The yeah. And he was wearing yeah. a blood packet. Right. So when they see blood, they're like, oh, his packet went yeah. off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it just, it was too late when they got to him. Yeah. Um, and they were already running low on time. They were running low on budget. So just a whole myriad of things that mm-hmm. happened, just a yeah. lot of unfortunate circumstances, preventable circumstances. Yeah. That's why that's why this movie is so really kind of agonizing to watch because you get those what ifs going in your head. Like, cause since he did so well, his star Brandon Lee's star was on the rise. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, a lot of, a lot of people, it was rumored he was being looked at to play Johnny Cage in the Mortal Kombat movie. Mm -hmm. That rumor has since been debunked. Yeah. They wanted to go with, I mean, he's biracial. He's half Asian, half white. They wanted to go with an all white actor to do that. Um, so it's all these things where you say, you know, what if, like, what would Brandon Lee be doing? Yeah. And that's what's yeah. tough. But also going back to Michael Massey, a guy yeah. who's really known as kind of like a, a, a good dude. He he was rough around the edges. Look, sure. A lot of these yeah. guys look like they could yeah. be these gang members. I think that's what yeah. works. Um, but Michael Massey, he said, um, before, until the day he died, he took a year off of acting since then. Mm-hmm. Until the day he died, he had nightmares. He's he never had, watched the movie. He's never watched it. He 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 has just such, he has so much trauma yeah. when yeah. it comes to it. And so that's the accident. That's why maybe we should have put that at the beginning, um, just to put into context on why it, it's such a melancholy movie. Yeah. And I just beyond yeah. beyond how the actual movie should it's, play, it's, the it's actual right. story it's is melancholy. Physically, but it's so just I don't know. The, it's so it's it's tough, especially when you have a connection like the three of us do to it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just really, really hard to to watch and not feel sad at the end. Yeah, and I always kind of to myself, at least, I bring up the point: had Brandon Lee not died, 
the end the end would just be the end of the movie mm-hmm. yeah like end of yeah. what the story is I, I still would have liked it it's still a cool 90s movie for sure but his depth or his death i should say gives it an extra layer of death of death and the scene there's a scene playing right now to where this is t-bird's death mm-hmm. and we we're talking about how he's got all this how eric has all this quippy dialogue and we t- talked briefly up to this point the non-verbals are few and far between but this entire scene uh eric's only line is drive it's i'm your your passenger yeah Yeah, because t-bird is like taped and t-bird is like he's in a car and they're just speeding down an alley and he's like i'm your passenger drive and the whole time like t-bird is in in t-bird's talking we get some exposition as well he's like trying to find out who he is whatever brand or uh, eric's not saying a word Mm -hmm. yeah and he's just see he's just this ominous figure in the back with a gun to t-bird's head and it's just i i love that performance Mm -hmm. and that like t-bird is like he's trying to figure out who he is because he's heard he's heard rumblings of like this avenger that's that's wiping out all these criminals and whatnot and he's starting to remember yeah he's like, like wait no we no pe- people can't con- like he's he's almost exasperated at the point to yeah when eric is like taping him now to the to the driver's seat once they've gotten up to the dock that he's about mm-hmm. to drop a grenade and you know blow up t-bird's car yeah he's like people pe- you died he's like people, people can't come back pe- yeah. people can't come and back and then and then he starts going into um this passage that he read uh the night that him and his crew killed Eric and Shelly. He yeah. starts reciting that over and over and over again as his car's speeding towards the river mm-hmm. and just blows up. Which yeah. I believe that's from Dante's Inferno. Yeah, but uh, props to David Patrick Kelly oh, for oh, his he's performance great. as Ca- Character actor. Dude. Character I, actor. I mean, Warriors. Yeah. He's yeah. Warriors. Yeah. Come out to play. And then when I saw him in John, the first John Wick, I was yeah. like, hey. It's T-Bird. I'm so That's glad cool. to see he's. Uh, and he was so playing like a good guy. I'm so oh, glad yeah. to see he's still alive. And he and he yeah. was the guy that like was like, I see you're working again, John. Like one of the first guys to kind of acknowledge. He's the that. cleanup guy. Yeah. In, yeah. The, in the first John Wick. Yeah. yeah. Um. But oh, it's just as T-Bird's plea almost he doesn't expressly plead for his life, but he's like so beside himself and Eric just has this look on his face as he's taping his head to the mm-hmm. driver's seat. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's, it's this point in the movie to where now like it's getting down to the wire and, right. and like he, he, his work is almost done. Yeah. So he thinks, yeah. So, because, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. for the, again, I'll, we'll give a little bit of exposition here. So essentially the reason Top Dollar sent the... And Eric doesn't actually know Top Dollar sent the thugs. He yeah. thinks T-Bird is the leader. Yeah. Because yeah. T-Bird led the charge. But essentially what happened was there was... So Top Dollar, Michael Wincott, um, the big baddie, he has this grip on the city, especially the mm-hmm. area where Eric and Shelly live. And they live pretty much in a tenement. Yeah. you know, yeah. So they live yeah. in a rundown area. Um, and... Shelly was, she was an, she was an activist. She was for tenants rights. Yes, for tenants yeah. rights. She yeah. was spearheading this tenants rights program. And she started, she had this, you know, this petition and, you know, of course with a petition, you get enough people to sign yeah, the right. unwritten rule to a petition is, Hey, 
these are all the voices. Yeah. So yeah. she was spearheading yeah. a tenement relocation or a uh, tenement's rights. Yeah. Tenant's rights. Yeah. And he was essentially going to turn that building into like a drug den. Yeah. So Top Dollar catches wind of this and sends T-Bird and Tenten and Skank and Fun Boy out to go get her. So essentially they, he, you know, top dollar is saying, or T-Bird is saying, you know, we're just sent, we're going to, we're going to just sent to rough her up. We were just sent to rough her up. You just got in the way. It's just, that's just how things yeah. work. But, yeah. uh, they, so they got there and they started trashing their apartment and yeah. that's when they beat up and raped Shelly. And, mm-hmm. and Eric walks in, he's like, Shelly. And yeah. like Tintin, who's an, who's the knife, the knife wielding yeah. guy, the first, the first guy Eric takes out, throws one of his knives, takes him, and then that's when Skank and Tenton are holding him and yeah. T Bird. It's and, brutal. Yeah, all that yeah. to say, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. That, that yeah. all of these things come to light through exposition. What I love is they don't lay everything out on a platter for the audience. Yeah, they allow you the have audience. to keep yeah. watching. Exactly, yeah. and that's where you kind of get the the scene with um, T Bird, yeah. where he's saying all these things. That's where you kind of piece it more together, and finally. Um, nearing closer to the end of the movie after he takes out T-Bird um, is when kind of in the the daytime stuff comes mm-hmm. up. Because essentially also yeah. he has these powers for about 48 hours. Which we don't know. And he doesn't know either. Right. Which I think, I think that whole element was added to the movie. I don't think that's right. how it was. It was just kind of... He has these powers until he's satisfied, and then he goes back to death right. in in the graphic novel. Yeah. So yeah. essentially, you know, you're he's supposed to do all these. He's supposed to take out all the thugs that he thinks killed them. Yeah. Um. But the mission itself is take out all the thugs involved. But he doesn't know. Like he just thinks Top Dollar is pulling the strings of. You know, he he doesn't see Top Dollar. He sees Top Dollar being in, in the way. So yeah. that's yeah. illustrated through like there's this scene to where top dollar gathers all these thugs from all around the city. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about, you know, I want devil's night to be like yeah. great for us again. And Eric shows up. It's one of the best scenes. Yeah. Oh, um, go yeah. watch it. Yeah. Go, go yeah. watch. It's on YouTube. Go watch it. And he, he walks in um, and he sits, he sits cross-legged on the, this big boardroom table. And this is where top dollars like, so you're him, the Avenger, like yeah. the, yeah. like the one everyone's talking about. And he's pointing, he goes, just want him talking, talking about, about skank. skank yeah because in that moment he doesn't know he could have taken out top dollar but he yeah. doesn't know right. anything and right. then finally there's this final scene to where um eric is about to go back into the grave or he, he thinks he is and then he sees sarah it's and this yeah. is when his powers are starting to dwindle and yeah. then he has this, there's this big church fight on the yeah. top of the the roof of a church with top dollar and yeah. eric yeah which we'll go into a little more but this is it's where top dollar like says yeah. he was the one pulling the so um i think it's important to go into some of the differences between the graphic novel and the movie yeah yeah because yeah. the some of the differences they implemented in the movie is important as to why eric loses powers right and i mean in in the graphic novel like we mentioned it was more about um, just getting these powers and being invincible until the deed was done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in this, like they kind of added this element of top dollar and he's got this, this girlfriend that are really into the occult and mm-hmm. she kind of brings up in, in sort of Gothic mythology that, you know, the crow harnesses this powers, take out the crow, take out his powers. Yeah. And as he goes in the church to save Sarah, Tony Todd shoots out the crow. And then that's where like he starts to really become 
you know, um, a mortal again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Some other differences in the graphic novel. Top Dollar wasn't. There was no big bad guy. Like Top right. Dollar was in T Bird's gang. Yeah. Um, he was like a a secondary. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I just had all these differences, and I can't remember them now. What are some of What are some of the other differences between the movie and the graphic novel? Well, if I remember correctly, uh, T Bird. He was definitely the guy he was after. Like yeah. T Bird was the head of that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than, like in the movie, uh, this all happens in their in their apartment. The incident, yeah, uh, it happens on in like, like the side of the road. Yeah, like yeah. middle of nowhere. Uh, Eric and Shelley's car breaks down, and then T Bird's crew rolls up in yeah. his car, and then instigates. Yeah, all that. And yeah, and so. Through all that, you have some of the same characters. There's a couple ones that aren't in the movie, and the kind yeah. of the deaths are out of order. But kind of like we said, there's not much difference. Mm-hmm. And sort of the Hollywood elements was, and the reason that the Hollywood element was that weakness was added because in the graphic novel, Eric Draven he just easily kicked, he disposed of yeah. everyone, and then it just ends with him being reunited with Shelley. I think yeah. it adds because when he when Eric is revealed to the quote unquote public for the first time. Yeah. It's, it's in an alley and he takes on 1010 yeah. and 1010 kind of gets his ass kicked yeah, a little, little bit, bit. Yeah. but it, that adds to the relatability. Cause he like pops up and then yeah. like 1010 it's the classic throws a punch, his head jerks to the yeah. side and he looks back. He like does his cool twist of his head. Yeah. That yeah. I always try and emulate. And then 1010 yeah. throws another punch and he looks back at like Terminator style. Yeah. Um, but, so you needed this weakness to add, like he needed to come up against something and, and so right. relatability to yeah. the audience. And so too. they added this element of he, his time was short with this power. And then at the end in the final showdown, he's like, he gets hurt. He gets mm-hmm. r- hurt really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And Ernie Hudson was, uh, at one point it's like, I thought you were no invincible. Invincible. He's like, I was. Yeah. Or he's like, he's like, I was. Now I'm not. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, and he, there's, there's no frantic nature to it. Yeah. It's just, he's like, well, I was now I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. just great because it's one of the things where he still, he doesn't have a full under, like we said earlier, he's just, he's just been going with it and he yeah. has a very yeah. amateur yeah. understanding of it because he's just like, he's not like they have the crow. That's where my power comes from. He's just like, yeah. well, I wasn't. I ate the crow. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I was. Now I'm not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's all he knows. He doesn't have those powers anymore. Yeah. Um, so that was added for the movie. Right. You know, the graphic yeah. novel also has these like cutaways of him, like sulking and really yeah. embracing the heartbreak and stuff and doing like interpretive dance at one point, like yeah. sitting yeah. alone yeah. with his thoughts and stuff like that. Um, but so we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of, Jump out of here and in a little bit, uh, not without talking a little more about the soundtrack. Now, Ooh, yes. I don't, I don't want to go super heavy on it because one of these days we're going to dedicate a Radcast records yeah. to the soundtrack to yeah. the original score. Uh, so, I just want to lay some parameters. I just want to kind of touch on both things mm-hmm. um, before we do that. Tyler, what are some of the visually? What are some of the scenes that stick out to you? Like visually, Matt had mentioned earlier in the last showdown. There's this scene to where Eric 
pushes open the double doors to the church yeah. and the wind and the rain is but it's just a really cool he looks like a specter almost right. it's this really cool like, shot there's multiple shots like that yeah but what sticks out to you i mean with that scene every time i see that scene first i get goosebumps mm-hmm. and then immediately i'm like oh no yeah. like this is this is it right yeah. here you know and it really it hits you in the gut but uh two scenes that definitely hits you stand- in the gut butt <laughs> right in my gut butt <laughs> Uh, definitely two scenes that do stand out is after he's got the face paint on, uh, you know, he's slowly walking towards that broken window, the crow perches on his shoulder mm-hmm. and we see that behind the shot of him slowly walking. And then we get that shot outside the building mm-hmm. to where it's just a quick lightning flash. We see his face and then it just pans out. The other one is when he does his last guitar solo, yeah. Yeah. the sky's red mm. and he's just, He's strumming along, and then out of anger, he breaks the guitar. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just—it's such a beautiful looking scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, what's cool is at going back to Gideon's. There it is, right there. Yeah, um, yeah. One of my one of my favorite quick little things is when he's taking all—he's holding this shotgun, the sawed-off shotgun to Gideon's face. And Gideon's like, "Take, take whatever you want." He's like, "Thank you." Like yeah. just just a quick, just mm-hmm. um, dry like, "Thank you." Yeah, uh, and just quickly after that, but he take one of the things he takes with him is a guitar because yeah. he's a musician. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's doing this like there's solely, the theatrics of it. Yeah, this kind of hammer on pull off, and then like Tyler said, he just starts breaking the guitar. Yeah, yeah, and um, just the the tracking shots with the crow as well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you get this POV of the of the act the ant the bird the crow like yeah yeah just yeah. flying in and out of the dark and dingy buildings, and then like top dollars main like headquarters you know in the there's like a there's like a concert venue yeah he's in sort of the upstairs it's like a ravey type yeah, it's like a, and it's like yeah almost almost like a nightclub yeah almost. exactly yeah. yeah i think the most indelible imagery for me is in the big shootout and in sort of the boardroom mm-hmm. yeah and it, it's his the scene is like the lights are shot out. It's on so right the, now. Yeah. And so yeah. the scene is just lit up by gunfire. Mm-hmm. And then once it's all done, you've got like papers still like kind of flying based on mm-hmm. the, the aftermath. And he's just standing on the table and there's just this silence in the room and you've got the lights are still strobing and he's just yeah. like maniacally walking up the table to, to get skank. And, and one thing I do want to address kind of, I know we're talking about the soundtrack, but one thing, Uh, right before we come out of the movie itself another difference between the graphic novel and the movie is in the graphic novel like we said once it's done it's it's just about going until the task is done yeah yeah but in the movie the you know what kills top dollars he like i want to show you something like he grabs his head yeah and he's like I, I know what you're thinking. I know. I know oh, what you're Captain thinking. Amazing. <laughs> it does have the very mystery men feel like it's a board, when it's a Casanova Frankenstein has all the bad guys. He's like, well, yeah. what about Captain Amazing? Uh, but uh, he grabs Top Dollar's head and he's he's like, here's 30 hours of pain and suffering. Like I all want it, for you, all for you. And basically, it makes him go mad and and he's like drunk. He like dives off of the top. He, of the yeah, building. he just yeah. like Eric just drops Top yeah. Dollar off the top so, of the cathedral. Yeah. And so he's got. He's got like this look of anguish on his face too when he does it because he's reliving it too, but also yeah. he's finally just getting rid of it all. I was gonna yeah. say that and the like the 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 beauty of the ending is that it's he's at peace, it's gone now. Mm-hmm. Like he he took in that suffering, he knows what Shelley went through, 
and now it's gone. Yeah. And now he can just retreat to yeah. his. Yeah. He can just retreat this, to that, his. That is my absolute favorite. Oh yeah. Like nonverbal, like visual. Well, yeah, that's that's my favorite. He's perched inside Top Dollar's uh, hideout, like out of sight of everyone. It's just a shot of him, and his like his eyes are closed, and you just see the black um, of his makeup. And then he just opens his eyes. It's just, yeah. He just he it, just Brandon Lee portrays that so well, but. Uh, all that to say, the beauty of the ending of the movie is that now he's at peace mm-hmm. and he's finally reunited, yeah. like all, legitimately, like peacefully reunited with Shelley. Mm-hmm. And all of his like face paint is gone too, yeah. as yeah. well. It's well, like a nice detail. Well, and the cool thing about that was like Brandon Lee just wasn't satisfied with the makeup department's application. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm just not feeling this face paint. And to where Alex Proas was like, okay, how about like you apply your own face paint and then every night he'd fall asleep in it. And then when he wakes up, it looks more and more like kind of, uh, worn out and like mm-hmm. faded and stuff like yeah. that. So it's just a great creative choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I love, I love that. It's just, I love that shot because again, he just, it's just a cool movie. Yes. It's just so cool. Just visually, you know, the visuals add to how cool it is. Brandon Lee's performance adds Driven to by a cool he lead. just oozes, just oozes, just a cool attitude. Charisma. Oozes charisma and oh, attitude yeah. and cool nature about him. But as we close out this episode, one of the elements that add that just makes this a cool movie is the soundtrack. And Grammarville's score. And Gra- Grammarville's oh, yeah. score, definitely. I mean, Grammarville's score is, I mean, it's beautifully gothic and melancholy which of course due to the nature of the movie you're not going to have march of the swivel heads right. as he's yeah. running across yeah exactly so it's haunting and it's gothic and it, it makes sense because Graham Ravel was in like in New Zealand. He had a band that was very much like a noise group. Yeah. And it just makes sense that he would do something like this, but some other movies he was known for. Uh, so he did the scores for the crow street fighter, mighty Morphin power Rangers, the movie tomb Raider, the craft, of course, mm-hmm. daredevil tank girl, hard target, which Hard we're gonna talk. I can't wait to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> From Dustle Dawn spawn and Dennis the menace strikes again. There you go. Oh, hell <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I just needed a palate cleanse after Spawn. Yeah. I don't know if that's how he sounds. <laughs> no, he's from New Zealand. I stand by my impression. <laughs> but the score is the score is fantastic. It elevates every scene yeah. the music's in. Um, especially the song is known as It Can't Rain All the Time because yeah. that's like, that's because there's this element of there's these underlying connections with like the eyes. Yeah. So yeah. Eric is always seen... Who, green who eyes, is to, green who, eyes, yeah. green eyes. <laughs> Big trouble, little chunk. Oh, two girls with green eyes. Oh, what um, a movie. Low yeah. pan. We're going to talk about that soon. Yep. Um, but uh, the the eyes. So like yeah. they're the the top dollar's girlfriend is always talking about the eyes. And then you, he, Eric always sees where his next target is through the eyes of the crow. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always the shot of the eyes. Um, so there's that. And there's the rain to where it's like the rain and the dark and the dingy is, is the shitty pain, is, is, is yeah. the pain and the suffering. And yeah. this, the, the, this, the, the looming doom yeah. of the surrounding circumstances. And so everything in, taken in consideration, Eric's, 
band Hangman's Joke had a song called It Can't Rain All the Time, which yeah. is pretty much saying not everything's going to be as gloomy and dark mm-hmm. as it seems. Yeah. Um, you know, the rain won't fall forever is one of the lyrics, yeah. which is just, it's a great thing to go by, but there's this um, continuous refrain in a lot of the the songs and the score to where everything, it of course, is so minor key driven. Mm-hmm. It's doomy, it's gloomy, but then yeah. there's this major shift into yeah. something, this very pretty yeah. pick through and strum of the guitar with strings in there. Yeah. Um, and well, and that's what he tells Sarah too. Like yeah. she doesn't know he's back, but she like, he, there's one scene in an alley to where like, she's like, man, I wish it wouldn't rain. Like it wish it wouldn't keep raining. And he's like, it can't rain all the time. She, and she's, she's like, about Eric? To, she skateboards all the time. Yeah. She's about to get yeah. hit by this car and he pulls her out of the yeah. way. And she's like, I could have made it, man. All this rain. Like I wish it would stop raining. He's like, it can't rain all the time. And she's like, Eric. Yeah. yeah. So it, the, the song is called "It Can't Rain All the Time," and it it's just it just is an instrumental through most yeah. of the movie. But then there's the there uh, I think it's Jane. I'm gonna pull up the soundtrack now. Yeah. But <laughs> there's actually lyrics at the end of the movie. Yeah. But why don't you get while some I pull some that of the get... notable actual like artists on the sound? So they have Rage Against the Machine on there. Yeah. Uh, Helmet. Um, Rollin, Nine Inch Nails, Henry Rollins, yeah. band. Henry Rollins Pan- Pantera, Pantera, Pantera the Cure. Yeah, so yeah, like Milk Toast from Helmet. Yeah, is like Milk Toast and uh, what's the Nine Inch Nails song? Uh, it's, Dead Souls. It's Dead, Dead Souls. Souls. It's a cover of uh, Joy Division. Yeah, so those are two great songs played in the middle, like yeah. right when he's getting started, mm-hmm. uh, like kind of exacting his revenge. And so you're like, all right, movies. This movie's awesome. Let's go. And, but then you have like, like we said, burn by the cure you so yeah. effectively. And then big empty, which is big empty by stone temple pilots is briefly heard in T bird's car, yeah. but it's, it's the primary song in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, so Jane Cyberry. Okay. Does, okay. Does the, she, she wrote it with Graham Ravel. Um, but I'd say everything, everything except three songs, Everything is background, but it still lends itself to the movie. Yeah. Burn, yeah. of course. Um, Burn, it's fantastic. Yeah. Written for Which, the movie. Yeah, I was about to say, that one's written for the movie. And it had, like, the song, the very first lines you hear are, don't look, don't look. And that is constantly brought up by the crow in, like, these dream, se- yeah. in these dream sequences yeah. in the graphic novel. And just as a whole, it's such a great song. Plus, dream the crow, black dream. If yeah. You, if, yeah. If... If you're a fan of The Cure, you obviously have probably heard it already. If you're listening and you are a fan of The Cure and you haven't heard it, it's on doing? it's on their B-sides, but yeah. also um it's on The Crow soundtrack is on Spotify. Yeah. So go it's the first song on yeah. there. Um and then I love Dead Souls is used um there's this rat it's this ascending rapping shot mm-hmm. of a building and yeah. this is where we see eric start he's running over the top of these buildings and jumping from building yeah. to building swinging on flagpoles and stuff like that yeah um and dead souls is playing and it starts with the doom 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 ta doom yeah. it's very like because they're i mean nine inch nails it's a yeah. um, industrial metal band mm-hmm. it's this industrial drum techie sound and then like as soon as that guitar riff comes in mm, yeah. you're just like i love this i yeah. am so into this yeah. right now yeah yep. and trent reznor like he starts off kind of low but then like as it gets to the chorus and it yeah. gets throughout the song it, it just keeps calling yeah, yeah it's just rising mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So we'll, we're going to have an episode where we go more in depth on. We're going to do score. an actual commentary on yeah. this movie. Um, if you if you're if you're listening and you've seen the movie, let us know what you love about it. Yeah. Um, like we're gonna of course post about it, Matt. If you wouldn't mind getting a picture of like yeah yeah um of not not like <laughs> yeah like <laughs> a pose of me yeah. and Tyler, but um but we're gonna go you know sorry backtrack uh so. <laughs> Yeah, let us know over social media. Let us know uh, what you love about the movie, why why you love it, if you're listening and you love the movie. Um, just let us know. Like, go on to your social, go, go find us on social media. And um, again, just let us know why you like it, why you love it. We're going to be posting about it. Comment on those posts. It'll also give you a chance to get a shout out. Um, but yeah, just let us know if you're a big fan of the movie. And if you're listening and you haven't seen the movie, Take time out. Take an hour and forty minutes out of your out of your yeah. night. Take some yeah. time. Watch the movie. Find out for yourself. We can only tell you what we love. We can only tell you a few kind of a few uni- universal things about it. But this is all from us and our perspective of what we yeah. love about it. Yeah, I I think it's safe to say. I mentioned it at the top. I love this movie. Yep. Same. I, I love this movie so much for all the reasons we mentioned for so many other reasons that are going to come up to me that it's a movie you, you have to watch to right. appreciate. I mean, of course, duh, you know, you appreciate something, you know, you have to experience it and watch it. But, but quite honestly, like take some time out again. It's a cool movie. It's Definitely. a really cool time capsule of a time in the nineties to where there was this cultural shift. Of course that was in music with grunge, but if you yeah. look at things, yeah. the spillover, you obviously you were born in 98, so you didn't experience, I mean, right. we barely experienced some of the stuff of the early nineties, Yeah, but, but this was a time to where things were from the eighties were sort of spilling over to the nineties and yeah. now we were hitting a movie. Look at, Jurassic Park from 93 and then yeah. the crow from 94. Yeah. Like, things are starting crazy. to kind of shift. Um, but I blade gets a lot of love for like being a good, you know, the first good comic book movie, but like the crow is fantastic. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we love this movie. We, oh, it, absolutely. I, I adore this movie for so many reasons. And again, it's hard for me to watch because Definitely. I get Definitely. so sad yep. at the end. Tyler, any parting thoughts on it? I mean, like you guys said, you know, like this is just, it's such a fantastic movie. It's something, um, you know, like all three of us deeply love and deeply appreciate. And Andrew. Andrew's, oh, yeah, Andrew as well. Andrew had the DVD. It was his DVD. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and like you said, you know, I wasn't around for a lot of the 90s, but, you know, you guys, you three guys, like I got to experience a lot of stuff through mm-hmm. you guys. That, yeah. Like most kids my age, you know, they'll be like, huh? Yeah. yeah, what? It was the same with us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because we watched a lot of the same stuff Andrew and Samantha did. Yeah. So anyone would be like, how do you know that? It's like, well, I have older siblings, and mm-hmm. I just watched right. what they watched. Yeah. So The Crow, go check it out if you're listening and you haven't. And if you haven't watched it in a while, go go watch it again. Yeah. Um, it, I get really disappointed seeing when people are like, ah, it didn't hold up, and they watched it like when oh, it first hit. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, that's... but it comes down to, I'll love it for the reasons I love it. If you don't think it holds up, whatever. Sure, it has its flaws, but you know right. what? Oh, like, yeah. Every movie does. Yeah, and it's just it's it's a fantastic look into that time period. It's a great performance by Brandon Lee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's an awesome, cool movie. So that Agreed. that is uh 
We're kicking off season two with the crow and we are really looking like forward it. to seeing what we're going to do in season two, a little preview into you're If you're listening to this, it's March 10th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording this actually almost to the day from like a month ago with season one drop or the, the finale to season one dropped. Yeah. We're recording this on February 28th. Um, but if you're listening to this, it's March 10th. Yep. Um, or at least dropped on March 10th. Next week, the first edition. Keeping the family train rolling. Next week, the first edition of Radcast Records. As it stands right now, February 28th, we are going to be recording with our. Hold on. Not only is it another family member, it is the matriarch. I was, yeah, I was getting there. Yes. Yeah, we're going to be. Sorry. <laughs> I, I thought I was trying to build it up more, but I. There was I couldn't think of a way to build it up more before I let you reveal it. Nice so, try, hombre. Eh. <laughs> but uh, in almost a hundred episodes of doing podcasts for Matt and myself, we've talked about our mom so many times um, because I mean, obviously. But we're gonna be talking with our mom about Huey Lewis and the, the news. news. Mm-hmm. So we are Ooh. super excited for that. We're recording that. Um, I mean. When you listen to this, it's coming out next week. Yeah. So stay tuned, Radcast <laughs> Records. After that, Radcast Ramble with Jake, Jake. Villawald, which I am, I am so excited for you all yes. to hear that. Yeah. And then Radcast Roulette, hopefully. 94? 1994. Yes. yes. Uh, when so, this came out. Exactly. So we're going to touch on that a little more again. We're going to touch on it again in 1994. I'm talking too much. This has been the Radcast Rentals. Thank you for listening, everybody. And remember, be kind. Rewind, because we'll see you next time. This concludes our broadcast day.